0: More and more countries in the Middle East or a better term is West Asia are abandoning the Palestinian people and normalizing relations with apartheid Israel. And they're doing this under the pressure of the United States. We've seen that especially the Gulf monarchies have completely abandoned the cause of defending Palestinian rights and Palestinian liberation and they're collaborating with Israel against their shared enemy, Iran. And we see that the U.S. military is taking advantage of this, telling countries in the region the enemy of the the enemy is your friend. And we've seen that Gulf monarchies Egypt and Jordan are now holding military meetings with the U.S. and apartheid Israel. I wrote about this over at multipolarista.com. The article is titled, Israeli military conspiring with Saudi Arabia, Qatar, UAE, Egypt against Iran. Also, Bahrain and Jordan are part of these meetings where they're conspiring together against Iran. This is a photo here where you can see back in 2020 at the White House, Trump and former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, signing an agreement with the leaders of the UAE and Bahrain. So this is based on a report that was published in the Wall Street Journal on June 26th, and this is really confirming what we've known for many years, but it's from the horse's mouth. I mean, it's quoting U.S. government officials. In Wall Street's journal, this article is titled, U.S. held secret meeting with Israeli Arab military chiefs to counter Iran air threats. Of course, they say threat. They should put threat in scare quotes. They're the ones threatening Iran, not vice versa. But this article is behind a paywall, so I published a report at Multipolarista summarizing the main points and providing important context. So we should keep in mind that this meeting that was held between top military officials from Israel, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Jordan, Egypt, the UAE, and Bahrain, it is also in the context of the Jordanian king, Abdullah II's calls for a, quote, Middle East NATO. We see that the US military is pressuring the region to form a military alliance against Iran, but then of course also against China and Russia. So here are some of the main points from this article. First of all, the defense minister of apartheid Israel, Benny Gantz, he claimed that they have created a, quote, Middle East Air Defense Alliance. Middle East Air Defense Alliance. And it brings together those countries, again, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Jordan, Egypt, UAE, and Bahrain with Israel. And... This meeting that was held, again, organized by the U.S. government brought together the chiefs of staff of the militaries of Apartheid Israel, Saudi Arabia, and Qatar. And then there were senior military officers from Jordan and Egypt and lower level officials from the UAE and Bahrain. There, is, there are two noble exceptions in the Gulf. Kuwait and Oman did not participate in the meeting. That doesn't necessarily mean that they support Palestinian liberation. It might be because their, their militaries are very weak, especially in the case of Kuwait. But Oman often does maintain kind of neutrality in the region and still has pretty good relations with Iran and has helped to try to sponsor diplomacy. So Kuwait and Oman did not participate. This meeting was held by the U.S. government in Egypt, in el-Sheikh, and they said that the meeting was held to, quote, coordinate against Iran's growing missile and drone capabilities. And I note here that the U.S. military's air command center is located in Qatar. It's, the air base is called Al-Udaid, and that's the largest U.S. military base in the region. Now, this is interesting because Qatar and Egypt actually have very negative relations, very tense relations. Back in 2017, with uh, under the orders of the Donald Trump administration, Qatar actually imposed—excuse me—Saudi Arabia imposed a blockade on Qatar, and Saudi Arabia was joined by the UAE and Bahrain. Bahrain's basically a puppet because there were protests in Bahrain in 2011 during the so-called Arab Spring, and those protests were crushed with a military intervention by Saudi Arabia. Of course, the U.S. government supported Saudi Arabia crushing the pro-democracy protests in Bahrain, while the U.S. claimed to support democracy in Libya and Syria, trying to destroy those countries. So we see the ridiculous hypocrisy there. But back in 2017, Saudi Arabia, the UAE and Bahrain launched a blockade of Qatar over political differences. Qatar is one of the main sponsors around the world of the Muslim Brotherhood, whereas Saudi Arabia the monarchy supports an extremist form of of islam of distorted extremist sunni islam that's called wahhabism and it exports that around the world so there are ideological differences between saudi arabia and qatar but it was also part of the strategy to blame qatar for the rise of al-qaeda and isis even though we know that saudi arabia with the backing of the u.s supported al-Qaeda and ISIS in Syria and throughout the region. We know that because we have government documents from the U.S. admitting it openly, thanks to WikiLeaks. That's why Julian Assange, the most important prisoner, uh, most important journalist in the world, is a political prisoner right now. He's being tortured and going to be extradited potentially to the U.S. Anyway, let me continue this this report here. So Egypt normalized relations with apartheid Israel in 1979. The Jordanian monarchy normalized relations in 1994. So it's not surprising to see them militarily collaborating with apartheid Israel. I mentioned that the UAE and Bahrain have also normalized relations with apartheid Israel. They did that in 2020 when the, the Donald Trump administration sponsored what they call the Abraham Accords. You can see a photo of them here in the White House. But an important thing about this report in the Wall Street Journal is that it acknowledges that even though Saudi Arabia and Qatar have not technically formally normalized relations with apartheid Israel, behind the scenes they're secretly conspiring together against Iran. Now I note in this article that the Saudi regime has bought Israeli military equipment and surveillance and hacking technology. and. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who is the real leader, has invited Israeli corporate executives to Riyadh to meet with the regime to talk about doing deals to buy Israeli technology. And I mentioned, you know, that Saudi Arabia and Qatar have very negative relations. Meanwhile, of course, Iran is one of the main supporters of anti-imperialist forces in West Asia. It's the de facto leader of the axis of resistance, along with Syria, and the Lebanese resistance of Hezbollah and the Yemeni resistance of Ansar Allah, known also as the Houthi movement, and then also to an extent, Iraq plays a role in, in the resistance. And I also note I've done reporting at Multipolarista about the alliance that Iran has also formed with China. In 2021, China and Iran signed a historic, decades long agreement. 25 year agreement estimated at 400 billion dollars. Russia and Iran have very good relations and they've part of this alliance. I also did a report this June about a a historic agreement signed between Venezuela and Iran. That was a 20 year agreement. And Nicaragua, the Salonista government of Nicaragua, also have an important agreement with, also has an important economic agreement and Um, technology and oil infrastructure agreement with Iran. So what we're seeing is that the U.S. is unifying its client regimes in West Asia, along with apartheid Israel, against Iran. But also, of course, Iran is an important ally of China and Russia. So this is part of the U.S. new Cold War strategy, the second Cold War strategy in West Asia to try to create a coalition of forces against the anti-imperialist resistance led by Iran, but also backed by China and Russia, which are unified with Venezuela and Nicaragua and Cuba and, and a growing coalition of countries around the world. Now, the fa- final thing I want to talk about in this video is a, an interview that the King of Jordan, Abdullah II, just gave to CNBC. And in this interview, he said very clearly, he said that he wants to make a, quote, Middle East NATO. And he said in the interview, quote, I would be one of the first people to endorse a Middle East NATO. And of course, the Jordanian king, Abdullah II, is extremely pro-Western. He speaks English with a fluent American, U.S. American accent. I mean, people joke in Jordan that he speaks English better than he speaks Arabic. I mean, he's a total puppet, Of the United States. And he said in this interview, quote, we work actively with NATO all over the world and have been for ages. The relationship with NATO from a Jordanian perspective is actually we're partners. And then he added the relationship with NATO is extremely special. We are fighting shoulder to shoulder and have been for decades. Now, the fact that he stresses repeatedly that that this has been going on for decades reaffirms this fact that these reactionary monarchies in West Asia that are U.S. puppets and client regimes, like Jordan, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, they are puppets of the U.S. Empire who have been collaborating with the U.S. imperialism for decades and collaborating with apartheid Israel against the Palestinian people. Now, I, I conclude this article noting that Ghassan Kanafani, who was the intellectual most important intellectual of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, which was a revolutionary socialist group in Palestine that resisted Israeli colonialism, that Ghassan Kanafani was arguing way back in the 1960s that the enemies of the freedom of the Palestinian people were not just apartheid Israel and its supporters, but also what he called the reactionary Arab regimes, which are just embodied in these ultra-right-wing feudalist monarchies like Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and the UAE, and he stressed that, that apartheid Israel and the reactionary Arab regimes, as he said, are part of the U.S.-led imperialist world system, and he emphasized that the struggle for the liberation of Palestine is at the vanguard of the struggle against this U.S.-led imperialist world system. And of course, it was an open secret for many decades that these reactionary Gulf monarchies were collaborating with apartheid Israel. But now it's become completely undeniable. It's out there in the public. And the last thing I'll say in this video is that this July, US President Joe Biden has meetings planned to visit apartheid Israel and Saudi Arabia. And this is part of the U.S. government strategy to what to do what it says is to restart relations with Saudi Arabia. Relations between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia have soured a bit because Mohammed bin Salman, the de facto leader of Saudi Arabia, murdered a CIA asset, um, Jamal Khashoggi, who was writing articles at the Washington Post, and he was also working with the Qatar Foundation, and the Qatar Foundation was basically helping him write his articles criticizing the Saudi royal family. He represented an older, old school, different branch of the Saudi royal family that was butting heads with Mohammed bin Salman. So Mohammed bin Salman killed him, and this upset the US deep state, especially the CIA, because Khashoggi was a US asset, a CIA asset who had been working with the US for many decades. Back in the 1980s, Jamal Khashoggi was in Afghanistan, Working with the Mujahideen backed by the CIA to fight a proxy war against the Soviet Union. So, relations soured, and also Saudi Arabia was trying to improve its relations with other countries like China and Russia. But we see that now the US is trying to pressure Saudi Arabia to come back into the fold, turning it back into a compliant puppet regime. That's why Biden is saying he wants to restart relations. They're going to have some kind of agreement, and it's about pressuring Saudi Arabia. the uae and these other countries in the region to cut off their ties with china and russia and to unify with the u.s and apartheid israel against iran trying to convince them that their greatest so-called enemy the greatest so-called threat is iran this is part of the the new cold war strategy of the u.s for the second cold war and here at multipolarista i do a lot of reporting on the the role of latin america in the new cold war the, the second Cold War. But West Asia also plays a crucial role in the U.S. second Cold War on China and Russia. And we see that now with attempts to create a so-called Middle East NATO. NATO, as with the, the existing NATO, exists to, to subordinate Europe to the U.S. empire, to keep Europe dependent on the U.S. military and the U.S. economy to prevent Europe from having an independent foreign policy and prevent Europe from allying with China and Russia. So just as the already existing NATO is about strengthening U.S. imperialism, well, if there is a so-called Middle East NATO, that is also going to be about strengthening U.S. imperialism. And of course, at the end of the day, not only is this about trying to defeat Iran as the main sponsor of anti-imperialist resistance forces in the region. But it's also yet another example of the betrayal of the Palestinian people who have been suffering for decades, since 1947 and 1948, since the mass ethnic cleansing of two-thirds of the indigenous Palestinian population. There are millions of Palestinians in the diaspora around the world who can't return home. And there are millions of Palestinians living under illegal U.S.-backed Israeli military occupation and apartheid, and we see one by one these reactionary regimes in West Asia abandoning the Palestinian people and unifying even more deeply with apartheid Israel and U.S. imperialism.